What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. We we good, Manny? Yes, sir. All right. So tonight on Fatherhoods, we got, uh, like I said, it's a family affair. So we've got uh, a man who's been in this game for a long time, and he's worked with a couple people that you might be familiar with, like DOC, Dr. Dre, MC Breed, and a whole host of others. Um, Super talented behind the boards. We got Erotic D tonight, and Ooh. with him are his sons, Everyday Tony and Reason, who are also in this music biz, and they're all doing it together. So let's welcome them. If I may, I'd like to in- include our the youngest king. His name is Levi. We call him Levi the Young Dragon. Since he couldn't be here, I'm representing his brand on my cap. Nice, this nice. is his brand. The more the merrier. <laughs> okay. Real family love. So, yeah. so, so, walk us through. It sounds like, if I'm guessing correctly, reason you're the oldest. Then everyday Tony comes next, and then the younger Levi is, is the the baby of the bunch. Is that right? Tony's the oldest. Damn, oldest. Tony got that extra baby face. <laughs> yeah. I just shaved. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what's the ages? Man, I'm in my thirty. I'm thirty-five. Okay. Yes, sir. Twenty-seven. And then thirteen. Yeah, Levi. and then thirteen. Yeah. And the, and then we have we have a little princess. She's she's seven. Okay. And she's uh she's trying to follow us in too. Damn. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so how did that they go? All, Was that they all started early, you know, like reason grew up in some of almost all of those sessions that my man mentioned at the beginning the Dr. Dre sessions, the DOC sessions. Matter of fact, there's a little bit uh, of of trivia that people don't really know about on uh, the song "Ruthless" to Death Row. When DOC spelled my name um, at the end, he wasn't spelling my name. He was no, he said Neon Dion at the beginning. He wasn't talking to me, which is that's my that's my name, but that's Reason's name. And Reason was uh, one year old. And he used to always look at Doc in the glass. He would stand up at the glass booth looking at Doc. So Doc gave him a shout out on Ruthless to Death Row while he was one. Oh, that's dope. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be saying that shit every day, all day in school. <laughs> did Did you take that to school with you? Like, yo, oh, did you get a shout out? Because I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I told cats at first when it started when I was younger, younger man, and eventually it just got a parent that motherfuckers weren't gonna believe me. So right. it's just like, all right, <laughs> that's cool. I'm just gonna play it like I know it. You know what I mean? And eventually, like I would mention it, and it's like you believe me or you don't. Right. And if you care, you look into it, you see the facts, and it's it is what it is. That's like, wait for the documentary. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, You'll so, see me soon. It's all good. So let me let me ask you, Erotic D. First and foremost, the name, bro. Let's talk about yeah. the genesis of the name a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious, but I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Is the name why you got these kids? <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. But you know, like when, when chicks be asking me, are you a porn star? I say sometimes. <laughs> that, <laughs> but that but that ain't it. Uh, when I was when I, I started out in this game, I started out 13, uh, 13 years old DJing. And like, I was one of the Texas kids. I was a military brat. So I was used to living around the world. And when hip hop started, I was so traveled, well-traveled already at like 12, 11, 12 years old that I started looking to New York, like right then, as soon as it started. And I started DJing at 13. So I started throwing my own parties at 13. Like, so technically I've been working in this business. I've not worked anywhere else, but hip hop since I was 13 oh, that's a and man. and one of my yeah one of my homeboys I used, to, I used to call myself professor of the scratch because I was a big UTFO fan so I was like I scratched like uh, I, I, I scratched like uh, Mixmaster Ice and then I like the educated rapper thing so I started calling myself professor of the scratch which was corny as hell but then one night 
when I was DJing a party, a whole crowd, well, every time, whole crowd used to crowd around. And and y'all know that at the beginning of hip hop, scratching on records was something weird looking to hear that sound come out while somebody moving their hands. So it would actually stop my parties and people would crowd around. So my DJ partner at the time one day, we were in, we were in high school together uh, eventually. And he said, um, the way you do that, it seemed kind of erotic, man. So I'm going to just call you Erotic D. I don't know where he came up with it from, but I was like, anything better than Professor the Scratch. Erotic <laughs> D it is. So, that's, <laughs> so you got baptized. <laughs> yeah, man. And it and it's and it's been, believe it or not, like it's been a blessing to have that name because it's so it's so just me in this industry that like when you say my name. Uh, or I go into meetings or whatever. It immediately yeah, used to, uh, they know, right. yeah, and they they know, and it piques their interest. And I get a, a lot of times I get, "Are you the real erotic D?" Which is cool because to me that lets me know that I did my job, uh, staying out of the way and be and raising my my kids. See, I, I had the game handed to me like crazy a million times by Suge and. Jimmy Iovine and all these people, but I just chose, I wanted to be at home with my boys. So I just wanted to stay in the shadows, but the name still worked for me and still does to this day. All I got to say is that name and I'm good. So it's been a blessing, even though like I get the, are you a porn star yeah. or stripper question a lot. Right. <laughs> He's probably yeah, like, maybe, maybe that's another career for me. But you know, but you know, I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to give the media their props. So when people ask me crazy ass questions like that, especially when, People are using hip hop to represent stupidity and other right. kinds of lifestyles. They're not really made men in this game. When they look up my name and they see me talking to people like you guys, people that they know, then that erotic D shit means a lot more to them because of you guys. Mm. That's some real talk right there too. That's dope. Hey D, uh, earlier on, was there a, was there a tipping point for you? For you know, you're 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 working with Suge and you're working with all these different folks, and then you know your your sons are born, and what you just said in terms of wanting to be in the shadows and be at home and take care of your kids was there was there a turning point or a tipping point why you were working in the industry uh, in, in that regard that said you know what fuck this let me let me concentrate on absolutely this and you were the first person that ever asked me that and there is an answer to that um should never for the record should is still like a brother to me never did anything bad to me he always protected me and made sure i had maximum monies coming in uh but where i didn't agree with him is uh when i would come to a place and they putting hands on people. You know what I'm saying? So me and Shug got into it one night uh, verbally and it wasn't him that made a threat. It was me. Mm. And it was like, dude, I see what you do. Do that to me. Don't come back and apologize. There's going to be some other shit going on when you get here. Right. So we calmed down and we talked and after a while, man, it just seemed like I'm getting all of my money what is coming up in the future? Like, what is that going to look like? Like, am I being set up for the big takeaway? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I see I'm getting treated special, like more special than anybody. I give sure that, like, in the, in the when we were putting all this together before, the, like, right during the chronic, everything leading up to the chronic, the funky enough records and all of that, sure singled me out as the guy, the best guy, up better than everybody. And I mean everybody, the capital D, R-E, all that. But he was he was not taking a fee or any of that. And when I when I started seeing all of the uh all of the gang guys coming around and all of that, I told Sugar, I ain't here for that. I'm here, you know, my thing is I'm never going to die on the road and have my family have to bring my body back somewhere for somebody like you. And so I just decided, um, I think. I left death row before anybody did, but I was still working, but just from Texas. And then when Doc left uh, and then Dre left, we all started talking again. And, uh, you know, it was just basically I had to, I, I, I had some forethought. Like I was one of the only ones um, in our early days that actually did street work. So I, I saw it. 
better and clearer than these other guys that were just rappers writing street raps. Mm. So I got out of there, like just just because one of us, you know, wasn't no room. It wasn't enough room for you know nobody be putting their hands on me and me saying that 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 wasn't gonna happen. So you you had to end the relationship completely, and then no, go back home. Or you I were able to work, like you know, from from home for a while. Yeah, I was able to work from home until it kind of just kind of like got normal for us not to talk, you know, or a right. natural growing apart. Got it. I didn't I didn't care anymore after the chronic came out. I did my thing. I did my work. Uh, Brian Turner, uh, contrary to what people think, think people think either DLC or Suge got me and Dre together. Brian Turner did that. And then Brian Turner asked me to let Dre have credit for th things we were working on, including my own group, which we got signed first. And then Brian hooked me and Dre up. So when uh, one day me and Dre were on the elevator and I told him, you know, you didn't have to ride anybody's coattails to get your name out there. Why do they want me to do it? And he, he, he explained to me, like, my name is worth gold right now. So that's money for us all, you know, when these records come out and go platinum. But I'm like, when does it end? Right. And that, and that's that's those are the things I had to think of. Like it doesn't end. I don't see an end to this. If that's the excuse, we all gonna keep making money because we made one dude's name big, that ain't gonna work for me. So and so how did and, and he didn't have any money on that day we were talking. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so so how do you take I'm not going to say pick up the pieces because you were, you know, you were still doing your thing, but like yeah. you disassociate yourself from death row. You've yeah. got at least one child at that time, probably yeah. both of these gentlemen. Yeah. I right? Yeah. And so yeah. like you, you're juggling all sorts of shit right now. Right. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. kind of in this limbo. Yeah. What's your next move professionally and how are you balancing family life at the same time? Yeah. So, um, when I, when I got back from LA, um, Suge and his partner at the time, Thomas Klein, had been paying me $1,000 a week just to be in L.A. That's not including the Jacksons. Uh, we were working on the Jackson family, out, Michael, Janet, all of them. <laughs> and they were paying me $500 a day. Can't so just drop that with, like it's nothing. Like, nah, nah, we gotta, yeah, I was yeah. working with the Jacksons. You know? I was, I was yeah, with yeah. Mike and Tito and them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch that Bruce Seldon. I think that was Bruce Seldon. Tyson knocked out the first round. I watched that with their mother. You know, so wow. we, we were cool like that. Like we, right. we got tight. And so they were paying me $500 a day just to program drums under Wokey Stewart's music. And um, so I was getting that and I was, I was squaring it away. And then what they did, what, what Suge admired about me is I came to LA with my own money. So we didn't, I had a street crew still putting in work in Texas. So I knew I could leave and I would still have money. And what we did was me and my crew took what we saw in LA while I was there and built our own studios here. And I think my first big thing I did was uh, Emmett Smith had just signed like a $32 million deal with the Cowboys uh, after his rookie contract. And, I, and my studio opened right at that time and somebody introduced me and Emmett. So Emmett's money floated me to the next thing, you know, cause Emmett wow. was paying and, and, um, we had offices for Sony and we, and I think Epic here too. And so some of those people in those offices were introducing me to people still out in LA and then Wes Crockett, may he rest in peace. Uh, Suge had kind of made him like a, my handler. So me and Wes stayed in contact, even though I wasn't dealing with Suge, Wes still took care of me and he got me producing Adina Howard. Uh, and, and a couple of other people that, that got, kept me getting weird checks. So I basically grew up in the Warner Brothers system. Just I've been able to get checks from them almost any time I, I, I want work. So that's how I got us through. Wow. So, so Tony, you being the firstborn, yeah, I still can't get over how babyface you are, bro. <laughs> Good for you. Cause not not to take anything away from you, reason, but yeah, us. He might be taking offense now, but in a, in ten more years, you're gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's the facial hair. The facial hair. As soon as he gets a facial hair, you you look you know a little older. But um, so Tony, wh when did the hip hop scene kind of pique your interest? You kind of looking at your dad, 
moving and shaking in the game. When was it that you remember that thing kind of just hitting for you? I feel like it was almost immediate. Um, before I even was writing, it's like I was listening to the words of every all of my favorite songs and memorizing it and breaking down the structure and, and the, the technicality of it from Buster Rhymes to Snoop, just seeing how they do it. And then I tried it myself and I would, I would write my rhymes with their voices in my head. So I will write my rhymes with Method Man voice, with Nas voice, with Jay-Z voice. And after a while, if, 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 if it sounded like something they'd say, I knew it was a good verse. And then once I got good enough, I just tried to use my own voice, you know, but it was, it was almost immediate. It was from the beginning. How about you, Reason? Man, I just studied the game. Like, I never thought I'd be a rapper. I never wanted to do none of that. I didn't think about making music, not one bit. I was in the studio from day one with Pops. I was traveling with Pops. I was in business meeting with Pops. And it was pretty much life. That was the only life I knew, man. And and he has so much music when I go. And, you know, as a kid, you go search your Pops, little record list and shit like that. You listen to what you listen to. And he listened to everything from Pop to... Uh, heavy metal to foreign music to some K-pop or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So just growing up, I just got all these different cadences and learned all these different ways of making music. And one day I heard uh, a couple artists, you know what I mean? And it kind of clicked to me like, I can do that. He got pissed you know off like that. a couple of my like, artists. <laughs> he got yeah, pissed you know off? It's, it's like, I could. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a couple of his artists that I'm like, nah, I can do better than that. But there's a couple of artists that he had too that I'm like, you know what, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I could, I could hear myself getting on that and doing that. I mean, it clicked. So right. after that, I just, uh, I tried it a couple of times. I asked a few people how it went and it was like, keep it going. So I kept it up. But that wasn't until a few years ago, about three years ago. Reason, guys. Reason. Uh-oh. Right. While he's over there practicing, recording with his homeboys before he let me hear it. Oh, mm-hmm. so so you you was in the cut practicing before you let your oh, father facts. in. Facts, like it was like that. I didn't I didn't think of making no music. Even mama homies and shit hear me rap like Dia, like he making music. No, he not. Like, yeah. So I was like, all right, I really don't know. So I'm gonna go make five tracks and then take it to people that really know music. Like, all right, look, I made this by myself. Do you think that this is worth? continuing because i like these these is what i would produce so if you think this is good if it sounds good if i'm going the right direction let me know and if not let me know and that's before you take it to your pops you're taking it to other people before you take it to your your father oh no it was like a it was like a group of three to five people that i knew i wanted to hear it i took it to them and he was of course one of the top two people like all right i want to hear you know what i'm saying it's him and then it's my closest friend it's like all right y'all two and then a few other people whose uh judgment i can trust Ask y'all how you feeling, and then I got that judgment day, and it was like cool. I'm gonna keep it moving. And pops was very invited. Of course, he was like, "Oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Like you said, you're doing this shit without me. So let me go ahead and bring you home and show yeah. you what equipment be like, and show you what mixing is, <laughs> and show you what engineering is." <laughs> like, oh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I was thing, like, so. I was like, I told my engineer, clear the studio. My boy, get ready to do an album. An album. Schedule him anytime he wants. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing an album. No no pressure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Heavy. So, heavy so, so the technique was you don't know how to put an album together, but you know how to put songs together. So you just put a bunch of songs together and I help you put the album together out of those songs. Mm. And use my production. <laughs> you know, so he so Reason's album is mixed with his homeboy's production and my production. You didn't make him jump through any hurdles. Any of them to to, to oh, record? Oh yeah, he wanted to. I did cancel he the any any special yes. pay dues. He said I he said I canceled some sessions. Yeah, canceled some <laughs> sessions did. and shit. He put me through a few ringers. You know what I'm saying? He let me know what it was like. You know, he, he definitely told me a few times, like, "Look, you getting the treatment." And then after he told me, "Look, you need to realize you're getting the treatment." I saw a few actions of him letting me know, like, "Look, this is what it's like to record. You are going to be on a limit sometimes. You're not always going to be able to just come in here and be patty caking and shit." <laughs> so he, he definitely put me through the ringer a few times, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, every time he wanted to judge something or, or check something out, it, it passed. You know what I'm saying? I passed. So at the end of the day, we was able to put something great together. It wasn't like I had to be told to fix shit. It was like we, we were able to work together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was that meant yeah. a lot. And I didn't know what I, what that meant until the end of it when he was explaining, like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have to get on to you like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I had to coach certain people. I didn't have to coach you. You know what I'm saying? We got to work together on this shit. And that meant a lot. So 
Yeah, he's cool. Reason Reason largely put his album together, even though he used most, probably about half of his album is my production. He picked the beats and he ran his own sessions until it was mix time. Then I didn't let him come to the studio through the mix, which which which, which was some more putting his ass through some paces. Like you're gonna be patient around this motherfucker. <laughs> Right. Thanks. Tom. Being there for every session, it, it makes you think one way, like, oh, okay, bet. Well, you doing mixing hall? Let me see. It's like, nah, I had to learn what that was like. That's a whole nother step. Yeah. You know I mean? Tony, did <laughs> yeah. you know your brother was was gonna start rhyming as well? Was, was, I mean, was Tony on the list? I feel like uh he's a prodigy because yeah, I didn't know. And then when I when I when I heard him, he already sounded like a veteran. I'm like, mm-hmm. how's your how how's the very first rhyme you write? better than 90% of rappers in the world. Like, I just did, it was crazy. And that's, and, and that ain't no joke. Like his first album, he'd only been rapping two years. And so that's how fast I was like, and and mind you now, I took a year to put the album together and mix it. So when he finished it, he was only rapping for a solid year and some change. But he was just, I mean, you could tell he had soaked in all of those sessions, all of that good music he grew up listening to me do. And um, he was just good from day one. Like we all regard him and our family as our version of your, your, your three thousand and your Drakes and your, I mean your uh, J Coles and Kendricks, not Drake, but your Kendricks and J Coles. That's reason is our version of that. Mm. Yeah, that's he, a high he, standard to be compared fuck to. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is. He's like when I listen to his shit. Sometimes I'm just like. My fucking kid is incredible. What the fuck? Like, especially when I'm listening to with a chick. When I'm listening with a chick, you know, it's like, oh, he get to, I get the clown because that's my boy. She listening to and loving. <laughs> that's gotta be kind of dope to hear your pops talk about your craft like that when he's that's all he's lived as well. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, it's it's a drive. It gives me a bigger drive. I gotta, I, I gotta ask. I gotta ask, cause like I'm just put, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, D. And I, my my daughter's into basketball, for example, right? Yeah. So like that's her what she what I consider her craft. And if she's trash, I tell her she's trash, right? It sounds yeah. like you're cut from the same cloth as far as like you're gonna give that honest feedback. But yeah. it's but I find it also really difficult to give props, not because I'm a hater, yeah. but because my expectation. It, it has it's kind of higher than I would the standard person, right? So, yeah, are you in the same trap more or less? And if so, like, because it seems like you're leaning, particularly with with reason, like more toward you can see it, and he's he's yeah. beating the general expectation. Is that yeah. how you feel? He is definitely he's definitely meeting and exceeding the, my expectations based on his attitude from the first album. And the new stuff that we have not let anybody hear that is just fucking making that first album sound like shit. Um, <laughs> the reason I don't have a problem giving my boys props, because I'm the same way with Tony. Like, I spent a lot of time with Tony and talking to Tony. And and I do with Reason, too. Reason grew up with me more than any of his siblings. So he and I are close, but me and Tony are close because in terms of rapping and lifestyle and stuff tony is closest to me on that type of thing uh the way i do so me and tony actually have a whole album out together um but uh reason is a good kid in life and takes criticism well as well so he'll tell me like when i hear a new song if you don't like it just let me know i won't use it uh or i'll say uh Ain't nothing wrong with this song, but I would just change such and such. Neither one of these kids, not, not, not three, either three of these boys have ever given me any pushback when I say that's not a good song. But instead of saying it's not good sometimes, they hear me giving them the major props and the shit that's trash. They don't ever hear that song again mm. unless they play it. They're never going to hear me talk about it. And if that's how that's how they should know by now that they should have trashed. Because I'm not going to talk <laughs> about that one. Talk about everything but that one. Get over that one. You, you stick- I will say, Tony, man, that nigga Tony is, I, I don't know what it is. I, I haven't personally 
you know, no shade to any other rappers. I haven't been in the studio with nobody else that brings me to my A game like Tony does. Yeah, Tony I don't know does. What yeah. it is that he just writes. He just goes, he keeps going, he don't stop. There's no limit to it. You can put whatever on, he's ready. But at the end of the day, whatever it is about his skill set, when I'm next to him, I know I gotta come with it. And it's natural. It's not like I gotta force it. It's like I don't like know, what? man. And nigga Tony brings something to the studio that's different. Yeah, I mean, the way the way he described it is that he's like a ultimate student of the game. The way he described yeah. him building his own style, and right. you will hear and you will hear that over a span of three albums. One, which is his album that's out now, called "Crimes and Good Food." Then, an album, the album that he and I got out together, we created a group called Gunshot Residue, and the album's called GSR. Tony and I trade bars on that one, and he's rapping different on that one. But then there's an album that I've been squirreling away between him and Reason because I asked them, I need you two to do an album together. And just like what Reason was saying, Tony's a different animal on that album with Reason. Like with me, it's, it's the street shit. With him and Reason, it's uh, lyrics, bars, just fucking crazy. Mm. So so he could go, so Tony, you could go back and forth. Like you dip, yes, you dip gutter and then you go Punchline, wordplay, lyrics all day long. That's crazy. Yes, sir. So wait, so hold on. You said this this collabo between Reason and Everyday Tony is not out yet, right? No, we they they don't even know which songs I don't already picked for. Because oh, what they do is they just go in the studio and record. And we have a rule at my studio: the engineer has to send me every single song once it's done. <laughs> Ask Reason how many nights he didn't got a phone call like how come i didn't get that song <laughs> yep yep and i stay and i stay going in there like i'm recording this right quick but i don't really know how i feel about it so let me play with it and then just leave it and then i don't be wanting to do nothing with it because i don't know if i even like it then he like yo where that music at? i'm like all right you know and if i like it he gonna judge it you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's how it works Sometimes he'll he'll be the one to cuss me to get back in and finish that shit. So yeah, like that. So I got I got I, hold up. Sorry, go Kate. Ahead. I got yeah, ask go ahead, for for a father out there that's listening to this. And he's like, well, I think my kid got some talent. What what's the business model, if any, that you're applying to this situation with your kids so, as artists? So we're creating the business model, and and this is something I was going to share with my kids, uh, but I I kept putting it off because we haven't seen each other much since Easter. Me and Tony worked last week, but we haven't like had everybody together since Easter. So my whole outlook is I got the juice and my kids keep a full cup of that shit, right? So that's, that's they're drinking from my juice and we have to make sure that dad is still working because as long as I'm still working, that juice is gonna keep overflowing mm. out of my cup into theirs. So the business model is uh, the same thing that I did by presenting Dre full songs and presenting DOC full songs when I bring them. That's what I got the boys doing. You know, like we'll just do a whole bunch of songs. I'll do the lyrics and then I'll say, I'm putting this one to, to the side. I'm gonna take it out to LA with me when I go see Drake. Uh, and then on top of that, um, we're just doing things like this. We're making sure that we get to do proper media engagement together like like not the little local podcasts you know they do that on their own but i would never leave them out of uh somebody who get uh, an interview with somebody that gets millions of views on other shows you know like you have to think about like what is important uh where where, where is it important for your children and your brand to be seen so we keep everybody on brand which is eworld um and we build them their own brands from there. So everybody knows we got to push the E-World brand as a whole first. And then we we kind of breaking off branches and just making sure that we show up together everywhere. So E, this is this is this is with your question is um I mean knowing the music knowing the music industry and the ups and downs with it especially financially, you know, there's going to be some, sometimes you get paid, sometimes you don't. Yeah. And, as, and as fathers, you know, we, we always want to 
we always want our kids to, to do better than we did. And, and we don't necessarily want to put them through struggles, but yet they still have to struggle. So how do you, how do you balance with, with your sons, just that, that knowing that, Hey, if you're going to be in music, you, you know, and if you're going to try to make this your livelihood, hundred percent, there's going to be yeah. times where, you know, you, you might not eat and there's going to be times where you do. And, and like, have you guys, uh, have you guys had to deal with that yet? And, and how's that working out? Yeah, we have had to deal with that because Reason decided he wanted to work for himself uh, as far as get jobs and all that. Because I definitely have told all of them, you don't need to uh, work for anybody, work for the family business. Reason told me one day, I just want to show you that I'll get out there and get it on my own. So I do worry about them being out here. Tony drives trucks on over the road. All that. I would just love for them all to be with me 24-7 building this thing. But that also makes me make my staff work harder uh, to make sure that our other businesses are like, we own furniture businesses, we own um, hair salons, we own recording facilities, we own a, a bunch of things. I just started a rental car company. So I always keep myself good for when the kids might need me you know and they these boys have been pretty good about being resourceful but i also tell them all like we need to start you your own brand a brand that pays you off of our work so i'm trying to you know fill them out see what it is that they want like i asked reason not too long ago if you had a business what would it be so i could help him jump that off um uh, uh, the young dragon, Levi, we started him his own clothing label because he's a basketball fiend. He's a fool with that ball. So we started him a sports apparel brand. And, and I let him know, the more you spit these lyrics, the more these kids are going to uh, be exposed to your brand. So you set your own limits on what you make. So we set up all of the money to go directly to him. I expect him to pay me my cut <laughs> uh, for my investment, you know, but I'm, but I, I set him up. I set my daughter up with her own cosmetics company, which she will have like 12,000 pieces of her on her first run. Um, so I just teach. She's them, seven. You know, she's seven. Got two, but she got a little staff now, like her own <laughs> little staff. That shit is bugged out, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She crazy. And I wish she was here because she had y'all rolling. She's so grown. It's crazy, man. Damn. She, she thinks she really run us for real, for real. <laughs> how, how do you put yourself in this situation? Because, like, it's really interesting to me, right? Like, you're so you're in the background kind of helping your kids do what they want to do. And it yeah. seems like there was no, like, pushback from you. You They, they kind of, it seems like they fell into whatever they wanted to do. And you just said, yo, fuck it. Let's figure out how to make this happen. Right. How, how how do you sit in that seat and try not to be judgmental? Because we, maybe our generation of dads, and I put you in in our generation because you're not too yeah, far yeah. removed from us. But like, I feel like we're probably a little bit better than our our parents were, right? Because yeah. they were probably more strict than we are. But even mm-hmm. still, like, it becomes a little tough when we see our kids going in a particular direction. It could be completely harmless, but we might feel like, all right, you're seven year old, right? I have a five year old daughter. If yeah. she told me. Oh, I, I want co- I want to do something in cosmetics, or even hinted in that direction. I would probably laugh it off and not really yeah. take her serious, yeah. right? So, something so triggered what, you to do so. So what was yeah, it? Yeah. So so I know for a fact that the sole reason for that is my parents they were strict in some areas, but when I started DJing at thirteen and being the DJ and having to be at the party till like two o'clock in the morning, they tried to set curfews for me at midnight. I told him I'll take that ass whooping. I'm the DJ. I'm not leaving no party mm. at 12. You know what I'm saying? So they, they got tired of fighting me on that. And one thing my parents didn't do was support me as an entrepreneur, but they didn't stand in my way. Okay. So that's my style with my children. Um, I, since I started at 13 and I know how successful I have been in this game and how the game has taken care of me. I don't have the horror stories that a lot of people have because when you're open-minded and you go into this business knowing that all you're entitled to is what you agree to. You know what I'm saying? And when you go into it like that and you and you get caught slipping and you say, 
I won't let that shit happen next time. That that'll get you through this without more without stress. So with my kids, it's the same way. It's like, oh, I don't they don't I don't ask them what they like. I watch them. So my daughter's mom, uh, we we got married and she was well, my daughter and my 13-year-old, I married their mother and she was an actress and a model. Later in the in in life, she uh decided she wanted to be a hairstylist and a makeup artist. That's where my daughter got her passion. So she'd been doing her own makeup, playing with it since she was three. By the time she was like four or five, she was doing that shit flawlessly. And so I was like, that's her passion. So we gonna jump that off. Because every time I go to the store, I gotta buy her ass uh, purses and uh, and cosmetics. So I'm like, we gonna own that. So that's my philosophy with everything. We do own a lot of businesses and it's all made based on what do I spend my money on more often than not so we can cut out the middleman. We just cut the middleman out of everything. And when these boys say they want to do a certain thing, I'm always like, bet that, let's do it. I can show you a message. I bought my uh, 13-year-old boy yesterday a dragon necklace to go with the young dragon name. And he was like, I'm going to rock that, Dad. We should start making jewelry. I was like, bet, let's do it. Mm. Whatever Whatever gets them excited, I've been in business so long. I know someone in almost every sector of that. Mm. And if I don't know that business, I just ask them to teach me the, the basics. And then we go from there. Cause after that, everything is just art. So we apply artistic approach to the new businesses because you can't go wrong doing what you feel. Right. Um, and, and so when they say like, like reason mentioned that he didn't want to be a rapper at first, he was going to college for software development, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And so my first thing wasn't, oh, I want you to be a, a rapper or a producer like dad. My first thing was good. We need our own software division in the family business. That, that was my response. And you go to school and you go every day. Mm. And then when he switched to when he switched to music, I was like, why the fuck you doing that? That's when I was playing. <laughs> it's like, why are you going, why are you spending money for um, in school for music when we own the music? Right. He had his reasons. I was like, bet, be good at it. Because grants are here. free. <laughs> <laughs> and Pops, Pops too, uh, he, he, he gives a lot of, a lot of knowledge in the breadcrumbs in between the things he says, man. And, and growing up, one of the things I always caught was, he knows a lot that there is to know, but he also knows that this is a constant learning experience and that what you can learn in the books may be some things that he might have missed. So I figured yeah. I'd plug in the gaps and bring it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then the, there's some irony in him going to school in 1997 or something like that. 98. I helped get a, a, a group called NSX. Hold on one second. Tony, can you mute until you talk? Because now that you guys are in the same room, it's clash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there was a group. Put a mix like, on that. Put a mix on that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we were right here at the mix station. So, so there was a group called, called NX in 1998 that I got. I helped them get a record deal with Ruthless. And they from Dallas. Um, ironically, when Reason started audio school, one of those dudes who is still one of my most grateful supporters was one of his instructors in his school. So he went in with a name in his in, in college. Wow. Like my name touches almost everything we do around here. That's wild. Yeah. Was was there ever uh, a generational divide or, you know, different ways of looking at things that maybe you guys would have had some kind of conflict at, at some point? Especially on the music side. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, let, I'm, yeah. I'm specifically yeah. talking about the music side. Nah, because like Reason said, uh, I understand that things change. And so all I ask them to do is do your thing and then do what I ask you to do, too. And I, <laughs> Like everybody play their part. And right. And I, promise that. Right. and I promise you that shit going to be dope. That's what I tell them. And so they do it. So, you know, Reason, what, what I don't give Reason in production he respectfully asked me, like, can I get this from the homeboy? And I'm like, yeah, see how much you want to charge for it. Make sure you get the waves, blah, blah, blah. I never mm. question what they want to do. I just support it. And they know if that shit ain't good, it ain't coming out. Facts. Facts. I'm not bringing none to the table if the shit ain't good. Then it's out of question. 
If it's not going to be good, then it may as well be on his shit so he can scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> so so let me, uh, and, and I'll start with, with Tony. Uh, I'm, you might have to unmute on your side because I, I think I muted you. All right. So, Tony, you growing up, what's the, what's the one thing that you would say that your father lacked or you yeah your father lacked in his ability to father you know be a be a dad like what's an area that you were like damn you know for instance i'll give you an example right for me it was like yo my father kept approaching what i wanted to do the wrong way right like i wanted to pursue going to college he was like yo come work with me over here in this grocery store so we can make this thing blow up and i'm like mm, nah but he kept pounding me with that shit like yo you got to do this you got to do this was there anything like that you coming up with your dad? Off top, Off I, can't top I can't think of anything. Oh, oh, your, your audio sound crazy right now. Hold on, I'm gonna change. Auto tunes ain't working oh, correctly. <laughs> I changed rooms. That that shit ought to be better now. Let me see. I think he's freezing up though. Let me see, Tony. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't think. Um, Maybe you can just use your your phone. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Let me come back in there. You yeah. can use mine, so. Yeah. In the meantime, reason. Oh, oh, oh we're gonna come back, back, back and forth. How convenient when he was gonna say something about him. Froze <laughs> <laughs> up. I don't know. Something going on there. Yo, they they got they are all on point. Everybody's on point. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. We are. We are. I can't think of nothing off top. But so there was never anything that you can say like, yo, my, my dad missed the mark on this. Not really, no. I can't think of none. That's dope. I feel like if if um if I wanted to live an average life and be a normal person or whatever, then maybe, but being a dreamer and seeing him as a dreamer, I always understood his moves. You know what I'm saying? It was always somebody to aspire to. I was always inspired. So I never questioned what he did. I always was like, if it worked, I'm like, I want to try that way. And if it didn't work, I'm like, well, the next thing is going to work. It was just never, like, no criticism or nothing like that, you know? That's dope. How about you, Reason? Um, I don't think... Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I feel like it's a different answer because like... he's not pacing behind him. <laughs> <laughs> he got more freedom. Oh, like, uh, no. Like that, you know what I'm saying? But, well, because we've always been, like, he's always raised me. He's the only motherfucking my excuse me. He's the only person in my life that's been like, if you got something in your mind, speak it. Like if you got a yeah. question, ask yeah. it. If you don't agree with it, speak it. Like he's always been like that. But I will say, in hindsight, right? In hindsight, I was a badass motherfucker in video games growing up. Yeah. If any of us, me, him, or my mother, even knew that it was gonna become the market it was today, right. then they would have put me in it. But if you put right. me in a room with 30, 40, 50 people, I'm probably gonna beat all of them. It's just been natural like that growing up. So that's the only thing I could say we quote unquote missed the mark on, if that's your point. Mm. But it wasn't intentional. It was like nobody really knew that it was a thing back then. It just looked like, you know, you're you wasting time. Yeah. You like, know I mean, like me, like me and Reason used to play video games pretty much all day, every day. And um, when he was two years old, man, we were doing, we were still working in Atlanta with MC Breed. And when Mario Kart came out and all these other games, he was tearing their asses out the frame and talking shit at two years old. Everything. That's the man stories granddaddy had to tell me. He used to call me all kinds of motherfuckers. I'm like, dang, granddaddy, I'm sorry. I ain't even gonna talk to you like that, bro. So when people when when people see pictures of him these days, because time flies and they see that he's grown with a beard and shit, they be like, he's still cussing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I be trying to stop, but the music he was making growing up, man, Erotic D had a different meaning than music. Kid. I didn't know what he was talking about. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> it was all kind of pimp shit going on in my music. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and the crazy thing is, man, is their mothers were very supportive, like and still are. Like I'm still close to all of their mothers and we had a rule. My kids can talk the way they want to talk around us. They just can't do it in school. As a result, they they never got sent home from school for cussing or none of that. They are some supremely respectful kids and now adults. Mm. So they made me proud. But I think one time I heard Reason say, and I think he summed it up perfectly, 
if we're going on a family trip or a family outing and my family's riding in a car, I'm riding in that motherfucker because I got the funniest family ever. That's how I raised my kids. We laughed through everything every single day. There was no, like, I never put my hands on my kids. They've never had whooping, spankings, none of that shit because made it early in their life understood the one thing you don't want to do is disappoint me. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that word. Yeah. Disappoint. They didn't like that shit. So they never, they, they tried to never do that. Yeah. It's a tough one. That disappointment. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, that was, that was one of the things that let me know there was a job well done when reason told his friends, I got the funniest family in the world. If we going somewhere, I'm parking my shit and getting in the car with them. <laughs> That's dope. Cause that sums up our, our real life. I'll ask I'll ask one final question before we head out of here. So so what's Erotic D's legacy when it's all said and done? I'm the first. No. <laughs> one thing I want to mention, one thing I want to mention is I, I think that if you check the record books, I might be the first father who produced an album for himself and his three kids. At the same time, he put out an album. So we put out albums back to back in 2020. We put out four albums. One on Reason, one on me, one on Tony, and one on me and Tony. Mm. And I take that very seriously. I'm, I'm prideful of that. I don't know. I know other producers have kids that they brought into the game. But I don't know of any other producer that's still producing his own shit while producing his kids' stuff. So that and my legacy will be, um, I think, my legacy will be uh, one of humbleness, a guy that could have outed a whole lot of situations and told a lot of truth and and made his own name bigger, but was satisfied with his accomplishments and still ate forever off this music business. Um, a lot of people think Helter Skelter should have been this, Helter Skelter should have been that. But Helter Skelter still feeds me and still gets me work to this day. The Chronic still gets me work. You know, so um, my name ain't even on the Chronic, but the people in the know know what's up. So those people still put my my throw my name in the in the ring when it's time uh, to get an album done where you're gonna get it turned on it turned in on time and the highest quality possible. So uh, my thing these days is just building this whole family thing up. But I'm, I'm, you know, we got some other things in the pipeline with Dre and Doc. I'm going to let Doc talk about what he's doing. I'm going to let Dre talk about what he's doing. When they start talking, I'll start talking. Mm. Um, and But these things are huge. And I'm using the money and the, and the, and the conversation from that to, to, to sprinkle that on these boys. So my legacy is, I guess, the real legacy is he was a per, he was a producer who who uh, who gave the artist exactly what they asked for. If you come to me and say I want to be a star, I'm gonna make sure you get put in position to be that. And I don't need to, I don't need to be standing next to you because my check gonna be the same no matter where I'm at. But with these kids, I'm having fun. I'm a, I look better than them and everything. Wait, so are you are you my goal? This tattoo right here, just just the goal to be better than that man because he's accomplished so much in front of me. You know what I mean? It's a big deal if I can if I can get better than him and this, this, and that. He gave me props in the rapping, so hopefully I can get there. He damn sure a better rapper than me already, but he's not a better album maker than me, which is the biggest difference. I think I could say easily that all of us aspire to to have our kids admire us the way that, that your son seemed to admire you, and and that that by itself is a dope ass legacy. Yeah, definitely. appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, the kids are definitely the biggest part of my legacy, man. And I hope that, like I tell them all the time, like this it's important for me. Y'all don't have to work with me in building these things every day, but I'm leaving these things for y'all with instructions. Y'all got to let these, y'all got to make sure they stay alive when I'm gone. Mm. So hopefully they do that part for me when I leave. That's that's, We got to keep, we got to keep putting other people on. Our family got to put other people on. That's the title track to um, the collaborate 
Asian album that you guys three, all three are doing. It's called Legacy. It's track track number yeah. one. We're just gonna start yeah. right there. Yeah, that's I'm dope. Not against I'm gonna mm-hmm. use that idea. Go for it. Use Every, that idea. Take it. Not take it. Yeah. Just make sure you put Fatherhoods with an S somewhere in there, and everybody good. No no, yeah, we no, don't gotta be on the credits. You know, we wanna be just like you. Yeah, we will be in the background. <laughs> yeah, this is officially like my favorite. My favorite interview, man, just ba- because it was built for me to have to do this. Like, I didn't, you know, for me to be able to bring the boys on, y'all show is tailor made for that, man. So, like, this this is my favorite thing. Like, every time we do something, now I'm gonna be trying to have Chad get it, y'all. That's dope. Yeah, yeah we well, anytime. Happy to have you. So I, Every time we interview, that's the first thing he mentioned. You know what I mean? That's, that's mainly what he bases it. I can tell when he's building, as he's building this legacy. That's important to him. He brings it up yeah. in most interviews. So, that's I mean, dope. it sounds like the real way to build generational wealth. You kind of laying it out. Yeah, 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 and yeah. yeah we, we we do, man. I work my ass off every day. I probably like last night. I didn't go to bed till five in the morning. I got up at eight um, because I expected my daughter. She she didn't got into the habit of calling me before school. So I. So she's my only daughter, so I be trying to sound like I'm wide awake. Hey, baby, hey. You know so it's like, you know, my whole day is built on making sure that um, I do my my job to make it easier for these these kids to come behind me. They work hard as hell. Like they don't. This I'm not I'm not doing any of the kind of work I've had to do for Doc or a breed or anybody in the past for my sons. That's no knock on Doc and Breed and all them. We were doing right. it a different way. Right. But these dudes come to come to the studio prepared um, to just be here all day, every day. And me and Doc worked eight hours a day in the studio, but Doc would take breaks and all that. These boys come in here and knock shit out. Uh, they in the studio when I'm not in this. They wanted to work so bad, I just got the hell out the way. I had to put me a different studio somewhere because I'm like, these motherfuckers getting on my nerves asking me when they come to the studio. So just get out the way so they can have a studio whenever they want. And they got it like that now. They don't call me. They don't call me. They don't call me. They call the engineer <laughs> directly. All right, before, before we depart, what should we be looking now from from you three independently or collaboratively? Like, what what should we be checking for? All right. So the first thing we got coming up, the the young dragon just dropped his single called "I Wanna Be." It's on all platforms. Uh, it's a dope ass song. He's thirteen. Uh, Levi the young dragon. That's out now. That's the newest. Me and Tony just dropped Gunshot Residue, and we got we're gonna all start shooting videos this weekend. Um, but the next thing coming out. Uh, is uh, now here's how my boys influenced me. I had talked about wanting to do a cologne before. And one day the word ruthless popped up in my head, didn't have anything to do with uh, Easy E or none of that. It just sounded like it was time for me to do something with related to that word. So I texted it to Tony with a, uh, I had done some graphics on a picture, a dope ass picture of myself and told Tony, what do you think of that? I didn't, we just did an album. I got a new album out right now called King Shit. Yep. And the kids worked heavily with me on that. That shit crazy too. Uh, so I didn't want to say I'm already ready to do another album because they are up next. But Tony sent back. The response was, that's dope, Pop. What is that? Your cologne? I was like, shit, it wasn't, but it is now. <laughs> so July 14th, I got my first cologne coming out. <laughs> but it satisfied both palettes because me and Tony decided, fuck it, you got a new product coming out, let's do a new album. So there's also an album on that same day called Ruthless. So the cologne's called Ruthless. I'm dropping an album called Ruthless. And July 14th is my birthday. So mm-hmm. all of that is happening on that day. And then Reason is working on his follow-up. He got a, he got a plan for it. I'll let him speak on that. But he got his follow-up. And me and Tony, we just work on a lot of shit. I don't think Tony's in a rush for his follow-up. We just, we are just now getting ready to, we're going to remaster his current project and release it on our platforms. So as a family, we always drop our music on our own platform first. So the fan base that follows me, they get it right away. And we, you know, we get that to come straight to us. 
Um, so after that slows down, we put it on the major platforms. So Tony's is just not getting ready to go there. We get to work it and all that. But Tony been working. Uh, and so Reason has the romantics out. Tone has crimes and good food out. We got GSR out. And then we're working on Reason and the Young Dragons new albums. So it's a it, there's a lot we got we got coming out, but July is gonna be a busy month for us, videos and everything. Dope. Hell yeah. Oh. I'll let them know we got that broke is my phone video just came out. Not yeah, too long. yeah, that's dope too. On YouTube, check mm-hmm. that. Broke is my phone by Reason, R-E colon Z-E-N. Then we got uh, the knee video coming out real soon. We're shooting that this weekend. Uh, all from the Romantics album. And like he said, we're working on a whole bunch more. We're working on a, a, a deluxe for Romantics, the collab for me and Tony and future projects. So I'll let Tony speak on what he got coming, but mad videos and mad projects on my end. Trying one to get cool together and working on Yeah. One of the cool things I don't want to forget to mention is I do, I, speaking of drink temps, I own my own wine label. Include my own champagne. I've oh, been you already that. know what we got to do then. Yeah, yeah. I've been owning that since 2017. So we came up with a cool idea while these dudes are putting together new music. Each one of them, Tone, Reason. We're going to start with Reason and we're going to end with the Young Dragon. We're going to do commercials for my wine where these commercials are showing how I go from a, a music producer to a, a business executive all in one day. And each one of these boys will be following me around like my theme music with one of their new songs. They're actually performing the song while I'm acting like I'm working, just listening to the song, not right. them. I think that's going to be pretty cool for 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 us all. To that's do. dope. I like that. Oh. Sound like like you're going to be walking around like Shaft with his theme music in the back. <laughs> Exactly. That's the exact concept. <laughs> man, the way he when we went in depth about that idea, I've been blowing his phone up ever since. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. into that. That's just gonna be cold. That's just tight. So this, <laughs> so, so this is what I so this is what I was waiting on before we shot it. So we just got that. So we got our own, we got we own everything. Our cameras, our camera crew. I got an LA camera crew. We own everything we do. And so I put the commercial off. To, so we could have the red camera to shoot it and not have to pay a billion dollars to do it. <laughs> Dope. Dope. <laughs> and then Tony, yeah. let's let's finish off with you. What you, what people should be checking for? Okay, well, well, uh, like Pop said, when it comes to the music, um, we we dropped it on our label website. You know, for the core fans, the core audience to appreciate. And uh, now we're about to put it on all streaming platforms for everybody to, you know, get a taste of what it sound like. Um, but Aside from that, I feel like I want to take it back to the 90s where they had ciphers like in the streets. So uh, I'm gearing up right now. I'm doing a bunch of writing and memorizing. I'm showing up to the venues, to all the local rappers, and I'm I'm, I'm stepping in their face and I'm spitting my hardest bars. And, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to set it off because I feel like everybody either being too friendly or they ain't got enough bars. I'm about to show them what it's, what it, you know, I'm about to take it back to how it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah. You know, like back back in the 90s when people really had bars for real, like, you know, because that, that that get me excited. I feel like everybody doing a bunch of bubble gum popcorn records. I don't like that. I'm tired of that. That's just sound to me like the NBA yeah. right now, like how everybody helping each other up <laughs> yeah. off the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Step you on their throat. Shit? That shit yeah. right there, what I'm talking about. That's what I get in the studio with that make a nigga step up. <laughs> That is exactly what I'm talking about. That's a, so, so we be, so I would, shit. Like, All right, so I would be a damn fool to not share on this platform because I know people listening, y'all. That the, when you work with your kids and and you're serious about it, it pays off in the form of, for example, this in 20, I produced an album on Tony, uh, you know, because I produce albums on all of us. Well, in 2020, our city's biggest music uh, uh, media thing, uh, magazine or whatever, nominated Tony as the best rapper of the year in Dallas and nominated me as best record label in Dallas just for our output as a family. So it works, man. And we just trying to, we taking it small steps to make sure that it's solid everywhere we do it. Beautiful. On that note, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. And we wish you guys the best of luck and what you guys are coming coming out with. Man. Pleasure indeed. Thank yeah, you. We need, guys. And we need you to check in again, man, because I know y'all yeah. got so much going on. Yeah. Every so often we need 
the fatherhood check-in. <laughs> yep. We're going to do Straight that. Up. And, 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 I, and we, we all just start following each other on Instagram. So y'all going to see it. So if it's something y'all want to talk about and I and I haven't hit y'all look, hit me. I'm ready anytime. Yeah, we connected now, man. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and now I'm going to be consuming all y'all stuff. Perfect, man. Do it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all, bro. All right, fellas. I appreciate yes, you. Peace. Later. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.